up, everybody, and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It's Thursday, May 14th, free agency. The new Happy New League year. It opened at 4 p.m. on Wednesday at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's the Daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. We've been here grinding out shows all week long. We're going to keep running through. Hopefully this show will be a little bit shorter because uh, it wasn't quite as intense out there. It's weird. The legal tampering period has sort of uh, actually tampered down the first day of the new league year, but we're still going to bang it out with the NFL super friends. Joining me here, John Breach, who's holding a very tiny microphone but has much better sound quality today. Ryan Wilson, Sean Wagner. What's up, buddy? Guys? Buddies, Brenda, I want to say that I'm no longer podcasting from my closet. I've now graduated to an actual room. So if I sound better, I would just that's all Brinson. Talk to me out of the closet. I'm um, glad, <laughs> glad I could do that, John. I will say this. I'm looking at John hold that little tiny mic, and I suggested before we started that he put it on the end of a chopstick so it looks like Bob Barker's mic. So just remember to get your pet spayed and neutered. That's all I <laughs> Sean has no idea. When you hear when you hear this <laughs> Oh, good. It didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, let's see if it makes the camera noise for John. I'm going to, yeah, somebody who's listening to that podcast is going to hear a camera click. That was me taking a picture of Breach holding his little tiny microphone. It looks Wait, like, kind of looks like he's back into a corner does, too. Does Sean not know who Bob Barker is? We need to backtrack real quick. Oh, 100% he doesn't know who Bob Barker is. Yeah, there's no way he knows who Bob Barker is. I know the name. <laughs> have you ever seen Happy Gilmore? I know the name. I have not. What is the name? Oh, oh my God. Right. Let's get on with it. I can't have, to have a podcast about that. You've never Let's... seen Happy Gilmore? I have not. That's... You're an embarrassment. Have you seen any movie made before the year 2000? Of course. What's, okay, your, what's your favorite movie? Alien? Is that the one you like? Aliens. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen all the Alien movies, of course. <laughs> How dare I? All right, let's go. I can't talk about this. Sean, get me You can't. brought it up. I mean... It's a good point. I'm just sitting here answering questions truthfully. I don't, like, what do you, what do you, what do you want from me? You want me to just ignore the questions? You ask, I'll, you ask, I'll answer. All right, Dave Gettleman. Sorry. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about Dave Gettleman. Um, despite the fact that we spent a lengthy amount of time discussing the, uh, New York Giants on Wednesday's podcast, we're going to dive right back into it because really it was the talk of the NFL again. So all this stuff happened on two, Monday and Tuesday. All these trades went down. Odell Beckham was dealt, et cetera, et cetera. But nothing really was announced until 4 p.m. It just can't be official. The deals can't actually go through. And so we saw the Giants announce the Odell Beckham trade, and we saw the Browns announce the Odell Beckham trade. And I got to tell you, they were a little different in the way that they announced them. The Browns were like, yeah, we got Odell. We got Odell. And the Giants were like, we have traded several picks. So we have acquired multiple picks as long with uh, uh, an offensive lineman, Kevin Zeitler. And um, at the end of the statement by the Browns, or by the, by the Giants, Dave Gettleman had a comment that, frankly, is just depressing if you're, if you're a Giants fan. Um, he said that uh, – where is it? I had it. I had tweeted it out at some point. I just can't find it now. He said, you can win while you build a roster – we do have a plan, and this is a part of it. I mean, what do you do with that statement? I, I, Sean, he's saying we have a plan. Like, trust me, we have a plan. Does, it, does anybody believe they have a plan? And what do you make of this? What is the plan? I don't know. 
How I mean, can... but can a plan be not having a plan? Yes. <laughs> and that's what it is. Sure. And maybe he doesn't want to tell us the plan because he doesn't want to give away his secrets. You ever think of that? I'd love to tell you guys the plan. Unfortunately, I would have to kill you. I, I just, there's no way that he has a plan because if he had a plan, he wouldn't have tried to trade Odell Beckham before he signed him to a giant contract extension. Then he wouldn't have signed him to a giant contract extension before he actually traded him. Because that's not a plan. No one would ever be that stupid to do that. You would just franchise tag Beckham and then try and work it out. I guess his well, plan was 2018 will be fine. would be that dumb to do it. Right. I mean, Dave Gettleman is that dumb to do it. I, what really stinks is I defended this guy like crazy when he was with the Panthers. And I thought he was a pretty good GM. And now I just look like a clown for defending him. Not as big a clown as Gettleman. But, I mean, this is a butchering that he is doing with this. And we heard uh, Gettleman say basically through sources, um, that they want to run the ball more. They want this to be, a, as I, I told you guys, they told you guys yesterday, and then reports came out on Wednesday, I said they want to feature, they want Saquon Barkley to be the face of the franchise, and they want to focus on Saquon Barkley. You guys are like, that's an idiot idea. Well, that's what they're doing. Am I right or wrong? That's, I mean, yeah, you're right. But you're dumb, right? Because it's just yeah. when you when you say it out loud, it's so preposterous that it doesn't even make any sense. And, and talking about moving to a running game, I know one of the things that people are talking about today is that it worked with the Panthers because you have Cam Newton. Cam Newton like draws four defenders on every play because he might break off for a fifty yard run or score a touchdown. Let me tell you who is not going to do that, or is literally the opposite of that is Eli Manning. He's a threat for like 50 inches on each play, and he might have one rushing touchdown if he's lucky in all of 2019. So it's insane if that's the route they're going. 50 inches is almost four feet. That is way too kind. <laughs> Centimeters. There you go. I mean, is anybody else, are we, are we, are we over the Odell trade? Are you not are you bothered by it? Well, here, how about this? Today was Kyler Murray, or what's today? Um, Wednesday was Kyler Murray's pro day. Pat Shermer was front and center. You can see his face there. They met with Kyler Murray after the pro day. Under We're under no illusions that the Giants would actually draft him, I don't think. Maybe that's the new plan, sort of hinting on what you and Breach just said about Cam Newton being featured as Dave Gettleman's running game uh, hero. Maybe Kyler Murray will be the one who saves the Giants. They can use those two first-round picks, find a way to get them and have him throw it to someone not named Odell. Because yeah, the funny thing is, is if the plan was to draft and develop a quarterback, wouldn't you want, you would think you would want that quarterback to have a guy like yeah. Odell to throw the ball to to make his life easier. So it, it seems like what, no matter, they should draft a quarterback. We've been saying this for well over a year that they need to draft a quarterback. Um, but even if they do, it's not going to make much sense in the context of the Odell Beckham trade. It, it would have made more sense to keep him because it's not like Odell's 30 or 31 like Antonio Brown. He's still 26 years old. He still could have been there on that rookie's quarterback con uh, rookie contract. Imagine if they took Sam Darnold last year, didn't take Saquon, and they just had the 17th pick this year, not the four, uh, the six or whatever. They could take Josh Jacobs, and that could be their running back if they wanted. Or they could take any number of other – they could draft a, any of the offensive linemen that they need to protect Sam Darnold. I don't think anyone's saying that – Saquon and these two first-round picks are better than Sam Darnold and one first-round pick that happened to be a mid-rounder. This team would be infinitely better. You can move on from Eli Manning. He could be doing whatever it is that Peyton's doing now, selling mom jeans or whatever it is. But now <laughs> here they are, no plan despite how much Dave Gettleman yells there's a plan. I don't know where you go from here. There's a conversation they might even draft a quarterback in the first round. 
they're admitting. I mean, when you when you say you can win games while you build a roster, while stripping down your roster, and then say you have a plan while acting like you have no plan. I I mean, again, it's just insane, and it just goes to show you how dysfunctional the Giants are. I mean, who's a more functional organization right now, the New York Giants or the New York Jets? Come on, it's not even close. It's not right. It's the Jets. No, who's more? Let me ask you this: Who's more dysfunctional than the Giants right now? I can't hear anything. Bengals? Bengals. I no. knew you guys were going to say that. I was waiting not for it. That is not the answer. It is not. Reach is right. I, I think they're the most dysfunctional, but yeah, I, I agree. They're the most dysfunctional. Yeah, the, the, the Bengals are just sort of like a, just like, a like a, like a, well, uh, like a dead fish that washed up on the shore or something like At that. At least they're trying. Zach Taylor could, could be a good coach. We'll find out. At least they moved on from Marvin. I don't, I think Breach is ready to do that. And they're, at least they're trying to make changes. And they didn't what? hire Chris Jackson, so. Yeah, what are the Giants doing? I, I don't know. I mean, they traded Odell Beckham. Like, they didn't, it's not like they traded Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram, like a young player. They're so terrible. We're talking about the, we're not even talking about the Cardinals drafting two quarterbacks and top 10 picks in back to back years. That's how bad the Giants are. I, would you rather be the Cardinals or the Giants right now? 100% the Cardinals. They're going to take a quarterback. I mean, but they might have two quarterbacks. Would you rather have two quarterbacks or no quarterbacks? Why, why would, if you're the, if you're the Cardinals, why would you not blow up Dave Gettleman's phone? Be like, Dave, I can help he, you. He only uses a rotary phone, doesn't have a cell phone. That's part of the problem. He can't I, get in touch. I with can him. help you here. You can get Josh Rosen for the 17th overall pick right now. You flip 17 for Rosen. People, what about if it's even the 37th pick? Cause it sounds like they may be willing to come off that first round pick. Why wouldn't you do that? I, I don't know. It's nuts, man. Um, all right, Kyle, you mentioned Kyler Murray's prayer. I don't want, oh, by the way, Browns, really quickly, the uh, William Hill U.S. Uh, Nevada-based sports book, uh, but multiple sports book all over the all over the United States um, and elsewhere. They released the over/under win totals for the Cleveland Browns for 2019. You can bet on them, and it is eight and a half over/under. Uh, over is minus 120. I'm actually, I'm a little surprised it's that low to be perfectly honest, but wow. they've won eight games in the last three years. Uh, they were, they have moved ahead. If you look at the Super Bowl odds, they have moved ahead of the, of course, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Texans. Uh, they are tied with the Packers as a, as a top six team, 14 to one to win the Super Bowl after the, as of, uh, Wednesday morning. That to me, is out of control. Well, I think the reason that it's at eight and a half is only because they do have a pretty difficult schedule next year. You look at, they have to play the Patriots, they have to play the Rams, they have to play the Seahawks. You know, who knows how good the Steelers and Ravens are, but they have to play both of those teams twice. So there is, you know, the team is stacked, and I would say they're probably the third best team in the AFC right now, but they are facing a loaded schedule, which is going to be tough for, uh, you know, the offense is going to need to gel early in the season. Would you take over or under right now, Ryan? Under, I, I'm afraid this is all going to come crashing down. It's like too much, <laughs> too much too soon. It's like, um, Sean, who's a pop star that gets too famous too quickly and then they end up on VH1. Why do you think I would know this? Like, you know, the kind of music I listen you're to. You're into K-pop, Sean. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. That's the kind of music I'm, but th- that's, that's my point. It, it just feels like this isn't like, uh, they're not like John Hamm who toiled for years in like soap operas and sort of nailed it late in his career and, and appreciated. They're like, uh, your comparisons are just just Bieber maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just think that's too much too soon for them. They gotta, they gotta slow up. All right. Um, 
What they you... also they also won those seven games with Hugh Jackson actively sabotaging them for half the year, and they just added Odell Beckham. So that's a good point. Um, I'm with you. I don't think they should be that high in terms of Super Bowl odds, but I think I think eight nine wins is their minimum. If everyone yeah, wait, it. minimum. They won set. They won seven eight and one, and they had Hugh Jackson for half the year. They just added Odell. They haven't won. They haven't had a winning record since 2007. Yeah, well, they haven't had Baker Mayfield and Odell since since right now. So. I mean, I think you throw out the history with them. I, I'm with you. I think the Super Bowl hype is too much. I still think this like this team isn't going to be that Super Bowl team that everyone now is projecting them as. But if they won seven games a year ago with rookie Baker Mayfield and they just added maybe the best receiver in football, I think I think it's fair to project them for nine or ten wins. I think- well, and Sean saying they're going 7-8-1, I would just like to point out that two of those wins came against Sean's most dysfunctional team, the NFL Bengals, so they shouldn't even get credit for those. Well, that means but they're going to play him again, though. Twice, times, yeah. So. And Baker's going – well, they fired Hughes, so you're lucky there. Um, yeah, that crazy. The uh, I will say this. Look, last year you can kind of compare the Odell Beckham trade to the Khalil Mack trade in the sense of just superstar uh, deal and impact player and, you know, guy top, top five guy in his position in his prime. And when that happened – the Bears hype was out of control and people were like, ah, the Bears over under was like six and a half. But I mean, like, it, why can't the Browns be this year's Bears or 2017's Rams? It just steps up. I mean, like, all the pieces are in place and it seems very obvious. If they were, if they were any other team other than the Browns, I don't think we would flinch about this. Bears played in a horrible division too. But the Browns play in a horrible division. I mean, you're joking, but I, I think. I, the Bears division is much harder than the Browns division. Not last year. Sean, uh, I mean, uh, Breach, strength of schedule. How did that work out last year for the AFC North and NFC North? I mean, I would agree with Ryan. I would rather have my team trying to win the division in the NFC North last year than the AFC North. You would? Yeah. I wouldn't want to pay, play the Ravens and Steelers twice or the Browns twice. If the Lions and Bengals flip spots, Bengals go 8-8, eight and eight, the Lions go like 4-12. and 12. But, but Is the NFC North tougher because of the Bears? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I don't, okay. the Bears don't play themselves. I don't know if you know how the schedule works. You played. Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, <laughs> the, uh, anyway, look, I'm just saying that I think all the pieces are in place for them to possibly be uh, the next, you know, the next sleeper team that jumps up. But the problem is they're not a sleeper because everybody's on to them because they traded for Odell. Beckham. That's the other thing. You said six wins for the Bears. We're talking already. I mean, it's March. We're already talking almost nine wins for the Browns. That's all. I'm nine, saying. nine wins is a lot. Eight and a half is a lot. A lot more than six and a half. That is not just. I mean, it's not just two more. It's it is a lot more in terms of the wins. All right. What about Kyler Murray's pro day? Tell me what happened, Ryan, and why people should be excited. I know you've been banging out CBS Sports HQ hits on Kyler Murray oh, all day long. If you love the combine, you will absolutely adore the, the, the pro day. He wore shorts. He didn't wear a helmet. I was sort of sad about that, like, uh, Johnny Manziel did four years ago. Just wore shorts and a t-shirt, threw the ball to people who are also wearing shorts and t-shirts. No one else on the field with him except Jim Zorn, the quarterback coach. It was over in 20 minutes. He threw about 70 passes. He looked like a quarterback who spent most of his life throwing the football. And that was the end of it. I mentioned that the, Gi- the Giants met with him. I have no idea what they would talk to him about. Uh, probably the most interesting thing came afterwards when he inter- he was sitting down with NFL Network talking to Jeffrey Shahida Ch- and um, Daniel Jeremiah. And Daniel Jeremiah said, "So uh, these reports coming out of the combine, where you know people were saying that you were terrible in, in the team interviews on the board with the X's and O's." He said, "I don't want to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it. I'll just say this: my teammates know who I am. My coaches know who I am. I know who I am. 
I'll leave it at that. So he's going to leave it at that. I don't think that affects anything at the end of the day. Jeff, I think that- Jeff Chihito was doing his hardest to get somebody to put Kyle, uh, Charlie Casserly on blast, man. I actually, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I heard him. He's like, uh, you know, he was sitting there with Lincoln Riley. He's like, now comments made by someone on our network, of course, um, drove up the conversation and kind of Lincoln Riley you know, shrugged it off and wasn't going to answer it. Uh, I actually heard Charlie Casterly on with the around the NFL podcast guys. And I thought he was actually, I was surprised. Like he, he, def- he didn't, he defended, I mean, he defended himself. He said, that's what he's hearing. Charlie Casterly has been in the league a long time. I mean, do you think that somebody is lying to him about this or, I mean, what do you I have no idea what's going on. All I know is on Wednesday in the four hours leading up to the, to him actually throwing the football, Kyler Murray, Cashley was gushing, absolutely gushing about Kyler Murray, which is fine if not three or four or five days ago you were saying the exact opposite. That's just weird to me. But, you know, whatever. I'm sure whatever, I'm sure what he heard was true in terms of someone saying something and he heard it. But I don't know if the person originally relaying the information, what their angle was, because, you know, this time of year you hear all sorts of stuff. Um, all right. Anything else about Kyler Murray? Do you think he still goes top five? Top one? Yeah, it's going first overall. I think the only issue is whether the, the Raiders try to trade up and get him. Okay. Anybody uh, else? Derek Carr and Antonio Brown seem pretty buddy-buddy today, Wilson. I was thinking about that. I saw the video where they surprised Derek Carr at his house like they were going to give him a new car or something. <laughs> so it was yeah, like Publisher's Clearing House. Yeah. Sean doesn't know what that is. But, uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. But, you know, I, I think John Gruden, uh, the last thing you put in front of him is, is what he remembers. So we'll see. Uh, you mentioned Antonio Brown, though. I gotta tell you, I watched a couple, two takeaways from that John Gruden, uh, Mike Nayak, Antonio Brown press conference. One, do not ask John Gruden about Amari Cooper. Cause somebody did, and he got the, like, you could see him turning red and thinking, he's like, death, I'm gonna, death, I'm murder, murder. What is wrong with him? I don't know, but he's like, he's like, I don't That is a dumb question. First of all, the question made perfect sense. Yeah. I I don't understand why more people weren't asking about Amari Cooper. Like you traded Amari Cooper, now you have Antonio Brown. Do you like? Do you feel good about this? Given all that you've gotten, do you in? have? He's, they actually, the question was, do you have to change the offense to fit Antonio Brown? Like you said, you had to change it to fit Amari Cooper. I don't know what this question means. Yeah, and he and he and he was very flippant about it. And then the other thing, I mean, Antonio Brown could not have been more quiet, humble, earnest. Not blonde mustachioed. This was, it was, un, it was, it's what Antonio Brown was before he wanted to get out of Pittsburgh with a little bit less diva, a little bit less sass. It's, I mean, it gets hard not to believe that everything he did was a psych, like, uh, gone girl style psychotic maneuver to get Pittsburgh to have to give away for nothing. I don't know if he's a genius. Or a crazy person, or both, but man, he was just nor as kids are running around. He's like, oh yeah, just go ahead and play, like it's uh, no big deal, you know. I'm gonna get in here. I'm, I'll just be humble. I can't wait to hang out with everybody. We're gonna be great friends. It's like, what? What the hell? They sign. They sign Bob Dylan. <laughs> Do I sound like Dylan? Oh, cool. I sound like Dylan. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> have you ever seen? But, have you ever seen? Have you seen? Have you listened to like late, like late years Dylan? It is rough, man. Yeah, three years old. I have a quick question. Let's not make fun of Bob Dylan. Come I on. love Bob Dylan. <laughs> better, better actor, Daniel Day Lewis or, or Antonio Brown, because <laughs> I think you're exactly right. His performance is off the charts, Oscar worthy, and I dare you to find someone who's done a better. Longer, like two month long performance, as efficiently and effectively as AB. Yeah, but let's also see how he reacts when 
it's October and Derek Carr, instead of waiting for him to get open, is chucking the ball out of bounds because he doesn't want to take a hit. So. And by the way, they just signed another receiver. So we talked a couple of nights ago about how A.B. might not be happy about sharing the load if they happen to get Le'Veon Bell. It got worse because they got Tyrell Williams. Um, Yeah, they got Tyrell Williams. They didn't get Bell. But I don't think Tyrell Williams is a bad – I think Tyrell Williams is a guy who's going to be a waste of money because Derek Carr – he's a deep threat. Derek Carr ain't throwing it down the field. And if he is throwing it down the field to Tyrell Williams, then Antonio Brown's going to pipe up and say something. Uh, do you I – do, I mean, like, what do you – I mean, I don't – the whole thing is just – it's it's very bizarre. I mean, do you think – how long – over, under, and how long the marriage lasts? I said four games a couple nights ago. I'm saying four games. Honeymoon, I should so, say, not marriage. Until he has a meltdown. You're not upping it to, like, six games after seeing how composed Antonio was in that press conference? I've seen him throw over Gatorade coolers because he didn't get the ball in the game. They were winning by two touchdowns. <laughs> do you do you think that the reporters at that press conference did a good enough job grilling John Gruden and Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown about the whole process? And by the way, Mike Mayock did admit. Mike Mayock was frank. I like Mike Mayock up there, although he gets a little close to his microphone. I do that too, just because you notice it when you're listening. Apologies to anybody who does it. Um, the but he he's like yeah yeah we just wasn't even gonna happen and then the bills deal fell through and so we just you know, we just made a move you know he, he told him he wasn't gonna give away a first for Antonio Brown um, were you surprised was anybody surprised at the lack of questions directed to Antonio Brown like nobody asked Gruden are you worried this guy's gonna throw a fit and in a pouting session if he didn't get the ball enough I mean why where are those questions. Sounds that like silence. we sent you yeah <laughs> Sean you're in Oakland. Why weren't you at the press conference, Sean? Hey, man, if you guys want to cover my cover my shift in the future, let me go somewhere. Yeah, Ryan's shaking his head. Take some initiative, Sean. Grow up. Do it like was that? surprising there wasn't at least one question that, look, look, this guy lost his marbles over the past two months. Are you a little bit concerned that might happen here because uh, he has a history of doing it? So it was a little bit surprising, but I did think you guys hit the Amari Cooper Antonio Brown question that was asked, and Gruden shot that down, just shut it down so fast that I think other reporters were just like, all right, we'll just play the horse and pony show that this press conference is, and, and we'll ask these not two-pointed questions. All right. I mean, I, I just I, – I was just surprised. They should have they should have gotten up there and been like, are you – and like somebody asked Antonio Brown, they said, do you regret what happened at all? And his response was – he said he said something that like took a shot at Pittsburgh, but he was trying. He's like, you know, hey, hey, those kids out there in Pittsburgh are worried. You know, like I just want them to know that I, you know, I love Pittsburgh. And, da, 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 da. and then he said, I can't remember what it was, but he said he said something a little flippant. But Pete, they should have pressed him. But like Antonio, like, do you regret dyeing your mustache blonde? Is it weird that you have uh, that you refuse to to play with Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera, et cetera? There's just none of these questions got asked. What did you think of Le'Veon Bell's rat video? Yeah. That's what I would have asked. Yeah. What, um, Ryan, did you stay up to listen to Le'Veon Bell's rap album? No. What? Are you crazy? You didn't either. No one's listening to that garbage. Does, are you not, you're not aware of what happened last night? I know he dropped it at midnight or whatever, and everyone's listening to the lyrics to see if he was hinting about what he was going to do. No, of course I didn't listen to it. Why would I listen to that? Right, me, Sean, and, uh, Breach recorded a mini podcast intro of Le'Veon Bell. I did not, I did not listen though. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the first song and a half. It is awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's five minutes you're not getting back. Um, okay, Blake Bortles was released. Exciting stuff. And we'll talk about that after this break. 
The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, so Blake Bortles officially released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reporting that Bortles' contract uh, will not be a post-one June designation. They will take on the full brunt of it now. Uh, there can be offset language. If he's signed by another team, the Jaguars can get up to $6.5 million in salary cap relief um, should he end up signing with somebody else. Any thoughts on Mr. Bortles? Um, we were saying who is a franchise that's close to being as dysfunctional as the Giants. I think the Jaguars' handling of the quarterback position for the past year puts them in that group. I'm not saying they're worse than the Giants. I don't think they are. But the fact that they gave Bortles an, extent, an extension because he played two good playoff games and then are now using that same logic that they applied to Bortles on Nick Foles, who granted has had hotter streaks and more important hot streaks in Bortles, but for most of his career hasn't been significantly better than Bortles if you look at the stats. I just think they're using the same faulty logic, which was Bortles played well in two playoff games. Let's give him an extension. And then Bortles morphs back into the quarterback he always was. Now they have to eat a bunch of dead cap to cut him. And then they're giving four years, 88 million to Nick Foles, a quarterback who has at times played out of his mind, but for you know the rest of his career has not played well. So it just, it, they shouldn't have given Bortles the extension in the first place. And it seems like, I mean, we talked about it um, a couple of days ago when Bortles or when Foles agreed to sign. Um, they're doing the exact same thing with a quarterback and paying a lot of money. And it's just, it's probably not going to be worth it. Uh, speaking of great quarterbacks, uh, Dan Graziano reports that Eli Manning is going to get his $5 million roster bonus on Friday. He, quote, he's what we have at this point, end quote, a source told Graziano. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you, where where could, uh, where could Blake Bortles land? I would expect he'll actually have a pretty, pretty good market because he, he's getting paid by the Jaguars. He's got a lot of cash coming in. He'd be willing to work for cheap because, you know, it's all that offset stuff. Carolina, baby. I wouldn't mind that. The Panthers, he's he's athletic. He can run that crazy offense with him. Yeah, why not? That's a good fit. That's a great call, Ryan. I like the idea of uh, Blake Bortles going to Carolina. Sean, are you writing your where will Blake Bortles go landing spots? (laughs) Don't even suggest that. 32 Uh, landing spots for Blake Bortles. He's better than Uh, Mitch Trubisky, right? 
Bortles is going to end up in New England and win five Super Bowls with Belichick. You heard it here first. That's not going to happen. No. It's what about like Seattle or like yeah, any a sort place of where you know his mobility could, if he is called upon. What about like Dallas? Who's their backup? Uh, Cooper Rush. No, their backup's the offensive coordinator. What's his name? Kellen Moore. Yeah. <laughs> no, they really like they really like Cooper Rush. Um, oh, by the way, I should point this out regarding Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles' facts will live on wherever Blake Bortles ends up, so no fear there. What about the Bengals and Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton duking it out in the greatest training camp battle of all time? I, w- I could see him going to uh, to Cincinnati. The Bills. The Bills? Yeah, you got – He can't, he can't throw a ball. one running quarterback. Can he and Josh Allen link arms and run every play? Just, just, just play them both and just run, two guys who can run and throw the ball. Read, revolutionize the NFL. Read option throw action with Bortles and Josh Allen. I'm on, I'm on board with that. I like the concept of this. I, I really do think that he'll end up signing somewhere interesting and, and he'll end up playing some next year because whoever's in front of him will get hurt or something like that. Uh, what about – Teddy Bridgewater reportedly going to the Saints. We heard and we heard and we heard and we heard. And now actually turns out he's not going to go to the Saints. Um, or at least he is potentially going to bail on the Saints. Might go to Miami. He's visiting there now. He lives in, he lives in Miami Breach and he could end up signing with the Dolphins if they're willing to pony up enough. And I would presume, uh, guarantee him X number of starts and be the week one starter in 2019. You like that landing spot? Well, since I would like to vote the Dolphins as one of our dysfunctional teams, I don't think we mentioned them because, my God, what are they doing? They don't have a quarterback. They still haven't released Ryan Tannehill. So we don't even know for a fact what they're going to do with him, even though we're pretty sure they're going to get rid of him, but maybe they're trying to trade him. Uh, I don't know. There's just so much risk with Teddy Bridgewater. He, when is the last time he started more than, like, three games in a season? Was it 2015? 2015. Mm-hmm. So – you're going to bring in a guy who hasn't played really in three years to be your starting quarterback. If that's not like textbook dysfunction, I don't know what is. Yeah, I'll say this. I think what happened with the Dolphins is that Nick Foles quickly signed with the Jaguars. Case Keenum was traded to the Redskins. Joe Flacco was traded to the Broncos. Um, and the Dolphins don't have a high enough pick. They don't want to draft a quarterback in this draft. And they're like, oh, crap. There's nobody left for us to get unless we just want to get Blake Bortles. Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think I really think they want to kind of tank this year. I, I, That's I, why I don't think they should sign Bridgewater because I think they should just roll with someone terrible because we're talking about how bad the Giants are going to be. There's going to be competition if you want that top pick in the draft for next year. So I don't I don't see it's not like signing a guy like Teddy Bridgewater is going to suddenly make them a fringe playoff team. It just it just means you might win more than two games. You might win four games. Yeah, but so I, I would just rather roll with someone. Wins over Wilson is one point seven. Teddy Bridgewater, by the way, over who? Wins over Wilson. <laughs> Wait, what was what was the, how many wins over Wilson? One point seven. Teddy Bridgewater adds one point seven wins to your team. To the to the Dolphins. How they're currently constituted. Wow. I just, I just punched in the calculator numbers. Wows. Set 1.7 wows. <laughs> um, I'm on to something here. You might be, yeah. You just, <laughs> wins over Wilson.com. Were y'all, did we talk about this on the podcast or was this just stuff we were bantering about down at the combine? Yeah, because I said, uh, 
Oh, I said uh, what's no, his name? No, no, no. I'm talking about when um when I when we were joking like if I if I become a millionaire, I'm gonna start. Oh, I didn't hear this. WillBrinsonNFL.com and make. Oh and, yeah. And hire Pete away to Pete Prisco to work for me and like I'll, like he's like I'll work anywhere you want if you give me enough money. I'm like I'll pay you a million dollars a year if I win the lottery. And that way you have to go to press. I'm gonna make you go to every press conference every week and be like Pete Prisco with WillBrinsonNFL.com. Just, <laughs> just like, said I'll do it. He's like you pay me enough, I'll do it. Um, uh, the next time we all do a radio hit in some random city, we should just all agree to bring up wins over Wilson. <laughs> I just hope they don't ask the clarify. Just oh, I think if we just you know how like like we'll reference DVOA, and I'm yeah. sure like a lot of people don't know what that is or like might not look it up. I'm sure if we just started doing 33rd according to wow, like people like enough yeah. people just would let it slide and be like, oh, so this is some advanced profile pro football focus metric. It was invented by Brian Wilson. Of the Beach Boys, he was a huge NFL fan. He came up with it before. That, that would be my Brian Wilson would get all the credit. Wins over <laughs> Wins over Wilson uh, website not taken. So that is a uh, that's a huge victory. Thank for God. Us. Yeah. The um, uh, interesting. We could. Um, I, I like this idea. I would. Yeah. You just mentioned like listen. You know, according to our advanced metric on the Pick Six podcast, Teddy Bridgewater is worth one point seven wins over Wilson. Uh, for the Dolphins, so I think you have to make that signing all day. I, I do. Even though it's throwing his computer out the window, this guy is busting his ass. And it looks like the Twitter handle is available. This is we need to go all in on this now before one of our listeners steals the Twitter handle. Uh, I guarantee you, it'll be signed up for. I hope it'll be signed up for tomorrow. That'd be great. Um, the thing with Teddy Bridgewater that I do like, though, if you're the Dolphins, you were at least you could buy. So, like, I would. It sounds like it's going to cost nine million a year to get him. So you can give him a three year. $27 million contract, right? That's not crazy at all. I mean, that's like what Jamison Crowder got. And you're that's cheap. Yeah, it's dirt cheap. And you're getting a potential franchise quarterback with a high floor who, if you end up in a situation over the next two years where you cannot draft a quarterback, a starting young quarterback, Bridgewater can you know, be a bridge over the water. And so I like the idea of Teddy Bridgewater on that cheap contract. And maybe he's good enough to be your starter for a while. Maybe, maybe win some games and surprise some people. But I, I think the Dolphins would be better off tanking and, and trying to make sure they get Tua or uh, any of those, those other guys we've mentioned, uh, Fields and, and who else, you know, all the, all those other guys. I, I don't like the idea of not Herbert. tanking. Herbert. Yeah, exactly. There's tons of young quarterbacks out there and I'm not sure the Dolphins are better off not tanking, but having said all that, I, I like the idea of getting Teddy Bridgewater. And I clearly, you guys are done talking about Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Um, someone give me another topic that happened today. Sean, you've been Earl working. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Sean, you've been working. Uh, Earl Thomas signed with the Ravens. That was a big signing. Earl Thomas got 55 million over four years. Is that the right number? It is the right number. Woo. Thirty-two guarantee.d That is a. Breed. Rich actually has issues with this. I heard him talking about it on HQ. You don't Who like has issues. John Breach. You don't like the Earl Thomas side. Uh, let's hear it. All right. I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> I said I liked it a lot for Earl Thomas. Here's the thing: is that <laughs> yeah. if there is a dude who's about to turn thirty, which Earl Thomas does this off season, and he's coming off a broken leg, so you're old, you're injured. You should not be able to demand to be the highest paid safety in the NFL, and that is what Earl Thomas got. I don't think his average is the highest, but his guarantee, he got the highest guarantee ever for a safety. That's absurd. I just, you know, like I see why the Cowboys backed out. I see why the Browns backed out. You cannot give that kind of money to an old injured person. So, uh, you know, and he definitely could turn into the guy he's been for the nine years of his career in the Seahawks, and that wouldn't be surprising if that happens. 
then it's a great signing. I just think it's risky to throw all that money to a guy who uh, missed the final 12 games of last season. I just, I like the signing. I do too. Explain why, Sean. Tell me why. B. Um, well, first of all, contract-wise, according to Pro Football Talk, it looks like the $32 million guaranteed will all be off their books after the 2020 season. So they can cut him in two years um, and not owe him any more money. Um, so I like that. So that means you're getting Earl Thomas for age 30 and age 31 season. I don't think it's outlandish to think he could still be one of the league's best safeties, if not the best deep safety in the league over the next two years. Um, look, they just lost out on signing C.J. Mosley. Um, they cut Eric Weddle. They didn't get Tyron Matthew. I think they had money to spend defensively um, that they can't afford to spend because they have a quarterback on his rookie contract, which as we've seen with the Rams and the Bears and all these teams, that means you can spend a little bit more in other positions, even if you are overpaying. Um, we criticized the Landon Collins to the Redskins for a lot of money. I think this is different because a Earl Thomas plays, you know, a more important version of safety. Um, and B the Ravens, I think, are in their middle of their Super Bowl window. I think they should be going all in to win. Are they? Yeah. If you have a rookie quarterback who you've made your starter on his rookie deal. Yeah. Sorry, not but if he's driving 100 miles deal, an hour with no seatbelt on the freeway. Okay, well, I mean, that's a completely different issue. But my the point being, I think the Ravens need – if you have a rookie – you have a quarterback on his rookie deal, you have to go all in with that quarterback and hope he ends up developing into a good enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So would that no mean maybe keeping C.J. Mosley or Zadarius Smith or Terrell I Suggs if you went all kept, in? I would have kept C.J. Mosley, um, but – Earl Thomas makes his team instantly better, and they can move on from him in two years. And I will say one more thing because I, I I do like Sean's point in that I didn't hate this move. It's just, like I said, it's a B. The thing is, look, the rest of this division, Odell Beckham now, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, Juju Smith-Schuster, you've got to have some guys. You've got to have a strong secondary. So in that sense, the Ravens did what they had to do. And maybe they upped their deal once the Odell Beckham trade went down because the signing happened after that, and they were like, oh, crap. And said, hey, Earl, here's $5 million more because we got to have you. So, you know, considering what the AFC North has, this the sign does make sense, but I don't love it. It looks like more than likely the out that they would get here is a um, – uh, three. it'd be after three years, and they could cut him and save $12 million on the salary cap in his age 33 season. I, I like it. I like it. Um, minimal uh, cap hit, $7 million in the in the first year. You're getting a guy who, you know, you had Eric Weddle who played really well and you signed him free agency and he was an excellent cerebral playmaker who made a ton of interceptions, but he was getting older. You're basically going back in time and getting Weddle, a better version of Weddle again. Like it's the exact same move as they did when they got Weddle. Um, and, and I, I like the fact that, that Earl Thomas could be an even better version. He's a Hall of Fame guy. We've seen players like, again, Weddle did it. Steve Smith did it. Seen a lot of veterans come to Baltimore and really have a second sort of, uh, uh, you know, renaissance in terms of their career. Ryan, as a Steelers fan, what is your reaction? Oh, I hate it. Okay. I mean, that's all you need talk- to know. We're talking Ed Reed. We're talking Eric Weddle. And now we're talking, um, Earl Thomas. That's huge. And by the way, the, the bigger concern isn't the Steelers. The, the Browns have to go up against this guy. And, um, you know, he's if he's healthy, and that's a big thing, as Breach was pointing out, that's a game changer for a young quarterback. So we'll see and, and um, how, how it works out. And I know we're all excited about Odell Beckham, but 
if you shut down Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham is useless anyway. So, you know, I, I think it's a great signing. Gets a huge uh, check mark off of what they lost in Eric Weddle and um, makes them a better football team. All right. Uh, they also signed Mark Ingram. Got Mark Ingram for a cheap deal, three years and $15 million. I love that. I mean, that's you You see what's going on in the running back market. Le'Veon Bell is not getting much. Uh, Tevin Coleman, we'll talk about him in a second. He got signed. Mark Ingram, give me a grade on Mark Ingram to the Ravens breach, $15 million over three years. I'll give this – this might be my first A of the week. Wow. Look, the, Raven, the Ravens did nothing all week. They're losing guys left and right. Their fans are in panic mode. And all of a sudden, they came through with – uh, Earl Thomas, obviously a big move. And Mark Ingram was just, you look at the offense they're going to run. They're probably going to run the ball 75 times a game. Obviously, Lamar Jackson can't carry it all 75 times. So you need to build up the backfield. You have Gus Edwards. And the thing about Ingram, as you already said it, Brenton, this is not an expensive deal. So now you have a guy that can carry it 20 times a game. You're not paying him a lot. And you clearly have no plans to throw the ball because you got rid of Michael Crabtree and John Brown. So uh, based on what the Ravens looks like they're trying to do on offense this year, this is a pretty smart signing. Any other thoughts, Sean? You got a, you got a grade for uh, Mark Ingram? I know you love running backs. I'll give it an A-. minus. I like it better than the Le'Veon Bell deal. It just it makes more sense to me at that price. Um, and they've Greg Roman has talked about how he wants to build this offense starting with the offensive line. And it seems like they definitely do want to, you know, continue to run the ball. But as Breach was saying, you can't have Lamar Jackson running the ball as much as he did this past season because it's going to lead to an inevitable injury. So I, I like it. They're, they're not overpaying. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the contract structure. He is getting up there in age. So I don't know if he's going to last a full three years. But, I mean, look, I was just saying Earl Thomas is a great signing because they have to go all in and pay more money at positions around quarterback. So I'm not going to – you know, bash fifteen million over three years for Mark Ingram. I Ryan, what is your what's your uh what's your fear level overall of the Ravens? Like do you fear Well, that- I mean, if they do if the Chargers if other teams are able to do what the Chargers did to them in the playoffs, there's no fear. Because the offense will be rendered helpless. So they he's got to be able to throw the ball at some point, Lamar Jackson. Um we'll see what they do with the wide receiver. Um I don't think they signed a wide receiver yet, right? They got rid of John Brown. He's gone. They got rid of Crabtree. Crabtree's gone. Yeah, they yeah, are. Crabtree was the sort of. Yeah, they, they don't have. They've just done Earl Thomas and, and Mark Ingram. And they so. also no. They also can't point out the Ravens without pointing out they have seven tight ends. Yeah, they have seven. So tight they're going to run the single wing. Is that what's going on here? Maybe yeah, Nick so. Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, Max Williams actually finally a free agent. Talk about a second round pick that did not work out. And Nick Kaiser, uh, their wide receivers right now are. All right, tell me. John, tell me if this is a real wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens or not. <laughs> Willie Sneed. Yes. He is real. Quincy Adobo. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know. There's no way Br- Brinson could have made up that name on the fly. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Jaleel, Jaleel you know Scott. Brinson, let me, let me just say something real quick. This is what I think is funny. Is I thought you were going to ask me to name a Ravens wide receiver, <laughs> and I was about to go into panic mode. But, like, I know the names if someone else says them, but it's this depth chart is so uh, mind-bogglingly just – it's a skeleton depth chart, and, and so I don't think I would have been able to name one on the fly. But Willie Sneed, definitely. Uh, Jameson Paisley. <laughs> yes. Fake. That one was finally fake. Was <laughs> That's obviously, they, they saw Chris Moore. I feel like he's been there for forever. Uh, Jordan, who, who's been there forever? 
Chris Moore, yeah. He's Wake Forest. Am I imagining that? No, or maybe... He's drafted uh, 2016 out of Wake Forest, I believe. Wake Forest legend Chris Moore. Yeah, he's been there for a couple of years. So, yeah, this is a wide receiver group that's a disaster. You could argue, though, that you don't need a great group of wide receivers um, because Lamar Jackson. I mean, like, you don't – you know what I mean? His, he's still working on his accuracy. Like, I'd love a deep threat. Maybe they can find that in the draft. We'll see what they do there. But, yeah, this is still a team that's retooling. But I thought it was too – like – Two smart moves in the sort of the second wave of free agency by the Ravens to get a quality running back, to get a safety like Earl Thomas, uh, and shore up both sides of the, of the ball. They are now in a better position than they were just a few hours ago or a few days ago. What about the, I love this, you can tell it's a John Breach, um, headline. Odell Beckham trade, got the SEO on the front end, causes one Browns receiver, got the little tease, to immediately leave Cleveland for another team. Mystery plus SEO equals breach headline. Tell me about it, breach. Gold mine. Well, we're talking about Ravens receivers, so this is a perfect segue, Brinson. Did you write this one? I did. I did. That's, yeah. that's how good that was. I mean, Brashad Perriman, uh, you know, he signed, he agreed to a contract with the Browns, one year, $4 million. Dun, dun, dun. All of a sudden, Odell Beckham trade happens he's like oh crap I'm never gonna play I don't want to be a part of this deal I want to get out of this and uh you know the Browns I think felt the same way sorry dude you're never gonna be on the field and they let him out of the contract and and, you know you don't see this very often where the team and the player kind of agree that hey this is probably the best that we tear up this contract and you never sign it and so uh now Perriman is headed to Tampa Bay and the thing is he had 10 big games for the Browns last year he was a total bust with the Ravens and he might be able to do something in Tampa Bay because they lost Adam Humphreys so there might be some room down there, and, and Bruce Arians loves to throw the ball. So out for Shaw Perriman of Cleveland in, in Tampa Bay. I can get down with that. Also, another breach headline that you're going to have to explain. I think this is you. Seahawks reportedly to replace Janikowski with AFC Pro Bowl kicker who has struggled on extra points. Like, like who the hell is it? Who is it, John? Tell me who it is. Also, I special kick. teams, kicking. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, kick, yeah, exactly. Kicking, mystery. Um, I don't know if the SEO is there, but that that's a breach headline. <laughs> I could stretch the podcast out another hour if we were going to talk about kickers. So here's the thing. Obviously, Janikowski, one-year deal with the Seahawks last year, played it out. He injured himself in that playoff game against the Cowboys. He's like 41, so the Seahawks were definitely going to move on. And they signed Jason Myers from the Jets to like a four-year, $16 million deal. And yes, Jason Myers was the AFC Pro Bowl kicker, but the dude can't make extra points. That is why he's playing for the third team in three years. That is why the Jets are letting their Pro Bowl kicker walk. Uh, since 2015, when they moved the extra point back, he's been the third worst of any kicker in the NFL, he ranked and at extra points. He ranked 26 in the NFL last year at extra points. So, like, are you comfortable signing a kicker who can't make extra points? No, that's the problem. Extra points are, are a very important part of the kicker's job. And they gave him a four-year deal. I feel like this is going to turn into a Cody Parkey situation. Sorry, Sean. Wow. Shots fired. Shot, I know. How dare he make fun of Cody Parkey? Um Eric Berry was released by the Kansas City Chiefs, who had signed Tyron Matthew. Not a huge surprise. The Chiefs, I'm not sure what they might be doing with it, but by releasing Eric Berry and by uh, trading D Ford, as we talked about for five seconds yesterday, uh, they have cleared up a ton of cap space, right, Sean? Cutting Justin Houston, too. Yeah, so I mean, like, how much cap space are the Chiefs working with, and what could they do with it? 
Well, I wish you would have asked me to look up how much cap space they were working with before you asked me. Well, why don't you, why don't you talk is, about Eric Berry and I'll tell you how much cap space they have. This is, this, cause suddenly this they have. What I'll say is that plus, their defense, look, they entered the offseason knowing that they just had to fix the defense and don't, don't mess with the offense. Just go after the defense and si- signing Tyron Matthews obviously really, it's a nice signing, but there needs, I feel like there has to be another move other than we're just going to draft on defense because you're getting rid of 22 sacks between Houston and Ford. Um, you're getting rid of Eric Berry, who, yes, he didn't really play much um, this past season, but he did play in the playoffs. It seems like, you know, they've done a lot more subtracting than, you know, additions. Um, and I would have liked to have kept Ford if I were them. And I, we expected them to cut Barry, but it's not like Barry couldn't have played alongside Tyron Matthew. Um, they could have been two different guys. So it feels like, if they're creating all this all this space, they have some other move up their sleeve. But when you look at the options in free agency, there's not really anyone left. Um, I so I don't really know what they're doing. They're, they're now as up, it stands right now, they have not fixed their defense yet. Tyron Matthew alone does not fix it. They're up to thirty three million dollars in cap space, um, sit ninth in the NFL right now, according to uh, SpotTrack.com. One would think. That if you have that much cap space, you are trying to make a move for somebody. I don't know who they would be making a move for, though. Like, I like, is there somebody out there that we're not thinking of? A, a I mean, stu- Stu is out there, but they already have Chris Jones. I just it doesn't seem. Although like they would... are moving to a four-three defense, yeah, Sue would make sense on the interior there if you're moving because I think Jones is. is do we think Jones is going to move to the outside and, and be just like a? a, a he's going to be an interior tackle, right? And rush from the inside. I figured, yeah, yeah, he'd be one of the two in the middle. But if you, if you paired Sue and You could put Sue alongside him. Yes, you could pair Sue and Jones, and that would be a nasty rush tandem. You'd still need to find some defensive ends. I'm just trying to think what possible trade they might be making. It has to be for it has to be a trade because there's not anybody out there to sign, really, right? I mean, it has to be for defense, and it's just hard to really – like, there has to be an edge rusher. They just got rid of their two edge rushers. So, like, what are you what are you doing with this cap space unless they just want to take a big cap hit this year on Tyree Kill and sign him to an extension and, and, and worry about that cash later? And they have Chris Jones, who they also have to – Sure. He's having his final year, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're, maybe, they're, maybe they're doing a thing where they're – I don't know. Ryan, any thoughts on who they might be trading for? No, none. That's very helpful of you. Um Thank you, because I, I think Eric Berry is going to be a post June one. Yeah, cut. yeah, that's right. So they will they will end up saving they save seven million dollars in terms of his cap space. Uh, Chris Jones, wow, Chris Jones makes no money at all, less than two million dollars a cap hit this year, one point two. And they can't let him go. They like I understand why they would prioritize him over D Ford. And Tyreek Hill makes less than two million dollars this year too. So it's entirely possible what they're doing is creating cap space to sign Tyreek Hill and sign Chris Jones to extensions and take bigger than normal uh cap hits on the first year, right? I mean like that could be the play and then you gotta figure out your rookie signing pool and all that, and maybe you supplement uh with the second wave and maybe you add Sue. I don't know. Maybe that I mean that's the only plan I can really think of in terms of what they might be doing with those guys, unless you guys got something else. You don't. Awesome. Tevin Coleman signed with the Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Give me a grade, Ryan. B. I mean, yeah, I'm sure the uh, – what are you laughing about? Uh, B. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's – um. I think our buddy Andy Benoit tweeted this. It, that's a much better deal financially than, than what the Jets are paying for Le'Veon Bell. So 
sure. Way to go. I could see Jarrett McKinnon being done in San Francisco. Thoughts, Sean? Good lord. Yeah, he has, he has no guaranteed money, I think. I, I think they t- can cut him and be freed of him. So I think this more makes the McKinnon signing, um, you know, kind of look foolish in hindsight, but, um, I think it makes sense. I mean, they always, Shanahan obviously knows Coleman from Atlanta and Coleman can catch the ball. Um, so I mean, I like, I like it better than, I, I agree with Ryan and, um, whoever he was citing. Um, I, I like it better than the Bell signing. Um, I probably like it better than even the, uh, the Ingram signing. Mm, I do too, especially considering we know how, how he's going to be used because we have a coach who has used him before and it's dirt cheap. It's way, like to me, it's way better than McKinnon signing because you had to pay Jarek McKinnon a ton of money. And if you'd waited a year, like didn't Jarek McKinnon get borderline Le'Veon Bell cash? They should just waited a year and paid Le'Veon Bell in San Francisco. I don't remember what his guarantees were, but he, if he gets cut, he's going to leave San Francisco without playing a snap. And he's going to walk out with over $10 million, so that's a pretty good gig if you can get it. $10 million for a year off. Le'Veon Bell couldn't get that gig, though. Uh, Bada-bing, bada-boom. Ha-ha-ha. He did tear his ACL, so I, mean, I don't know if that's great that is. But he got money. He got right. Got they could also – Wilson, could also would you people. take $12 million for a torn ACL? You're reading my mind, John. Yes, I would. <laughs> Ryan, I did it for free. Ryan, would you take $10 for a torn ACL? Yes, I did it for free. <laughs> but you have to tear your ACL again. You get not, to not. you'd get to brag about it all time. The amount of money you would take, yeah, and you'd have to go out there tonight and tear your ACL. Well, the the issue is uh, I have to check the wins over Wilson because it would affect my <laughs> pro soccer career. <laughs> I'd have to reevaluate. Yeah, how many how many losses would your recreational soccer team suffer because you wouldn't be there? How many wins? Oh, over they would, they would win many more games. It, it, that's, <laughs> they, they would love for me to tear my ACL. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if McKinnon does get cut, it looks like he would leave with twelve and a half million dollars for one year, zero snaps, and a twenty ACL. So he would love to get cut. Uh, By the way, the the Dolphins just tweeted, "We have completed our free agent visit with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater." I like I like how they do that, but it's a little a little bit more. It's like we have like, and like yeah. yes, we knew he was visiting. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, I what like did you guys I, talk about. I like how they decided to be upfront about it and open about it and then tweet about it. I appreciate that. Princeton, you should start tweeting out, we have completed recording tonight's Pick 6 podcast every time we're done. Keep keep everyone updated. People people tweet me. They're like, when when is the next podcast coming? Somebody t- said today, he's like, I, he's like, I know it's a huge pain in the ass that you guys had to record a Le'Veon Bell segment at 1 in the morning. He's like, but it's freaking awesome for us, and we, I don't care if it was an hour and 15 long by the time the <laughs> podcast got done. By the way, and Ian Rappaport is now reporting, Philip Dorsett is going back to the Patriots, which isn't huge, but. Kind of noteworthy. Hey, they One need, year deal. They need wide receivers. Good signing for them. What about, uh, oh, Adrian Peterson signed on an $8 million, uh, we thought it was per, per year, but it's just $8 million for two years to go to the Washington Redskins. They can't think of a two year contract. <laughs> How long do you think this is going to last? Wilson's going to be dead by the time Adrian Peterson retires. You're going to feel bad if that happens. Well, I just meant of old age, not like, uh, you know. Well, either way. You'd still feel bad if Wilson died of old age. Well, a normal person would, not a narcissistic butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's the meanest Wilson's ever gotten on this podcast. (laughs) We're going to have to bleep out his butthole. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think butthole is bleep worthy. Butthole is fine. It's a great word. Uh, Hey, guys. uh, Yeah, I was just listening to the uh, podcast, and you said butthole nine times. If you could (laughs) take that out, that would be great. But only narcissistic butthole twice. You know what, though? 
they got Peterson for a steal. Just to go back real quick, he ran for over a thousand yards. They only paid him like a million dollars. And if he was willing to sign for four million dollars per season, I think you do it. There's no real downside here except that, yeah, he is almost 34 years old, which is still younger than Wilson, and I think younger than Brenton and younger than me, but not younger than Sean. So you know, he has at least one more productive season, and he's not going to have to carry the team next year, theoretically. Is uh, Jets fans woke up to find out they signed Le'Veon Bell and they were stunned. That wasn't you, John. I'm surprised. I thought that might be you. Um, it was Kevin Skyver. I guess you guys just have similar writing styles. Anyway, um, so anything else from uh, free agency? We flew through this podcast. We uh, Ryan's trying to go talk to his wife. Ryan's going to hate me. I'm going to bring up one more. Okay. One <laughs> more. Tyrod Taylor to the Chargers. That was the one I was thinking about. Yeah, I like it. Good job by the Chargers. Yeah, bad news for the Dolphins, who, as Sean just pointed out, let Teddy B get out the door without signing him to a deal. So, Well, that, what, that was going to be my question about Tyrod Taylor is, was there a feeling that maybe he was going to go compete for a starting job somewhere instead of just taking backup money and, and going where a place he has no shot to play? Yeah, that's weird because the the what the buzz you heard was that the Dolphins were basically locked in. Like, all right, we'll screw it. We'll just get Tyrod, and then you know, we'll stink for a while. That's not a plan, by the way. It's better than the Giants' plan? Yeah, but maybe Tyrod doesn't want to start after how uh, things unfolded with Hugh last year. I mean, he went into hard knocks as, oh, we couldn't talk about how much of a leader he is. And, you know, 45 minutes into his job, they're like, all right, dude, you got to get out of here. And it only was made to happen once they threatened Hugh with his job. <laughs> no, he got concussed, man. <laughs> You're a concussion truther. Is that he didn't have a, he didn't have a four month long concussion. He never got his job back. Well, I mean, he got while he picked, but I mean, he got concussed, and that's why he lost his job. Does that mean the Chargers have the best backup quarterback in the NFL? No, the the Bengals do. Andy Dalton. Chad oh! Hurtenson. Yeah, that's Chad painful. Hurt. I'm sorry. That's rude. Uh, I'm gonna cry myself to sleep tonight. That's all right. You'll be fine. All Again. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just another night at the Breach household. Um, all right. That's it. We're good. Let's get out of here. Great podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, maybe. Or maybe I'll get Brady Quinn so you guys don't have to deal with the podcast. How about that? Ryan's alone with two kids. Sean, always alone. <laughs> Perpetually <laughs> alone. <laughs> Thanks for Sean, Sean and Aria. What's Aria's last name? Aria? Aria, yeah. Aria, Aria Wagner McGough. You know? oh. Sean is sitting at home inventing a Game of Thrones Tinder app. So he, he can just oh, swipe wow. on Ari at all times. <laughs> I don't understand how it would work, but I you understand it. Oh, Arya, I swipe right on you too. All right, <laughs> let's, just, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right, fun podcast. Talk to you guys tomorrow.